You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Okay, so welcome everyone to the first what's new that we're doing on this brand new way of uh, formatting everything. So we're getting a bit of the kinks out. We weren't able to start on time like we wanted to, but we're going to make this work and have a good time. Uh, this is Systematic Ecology. We are the priests of the geeks. I'm your host today, Christian Ashley. I am joined by Pastor Will Rose. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. And all right, we are also joined by our second time guest, Pablo. Pablo, would you like to introduce yourself for people who don't know you from last time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got cut short, but uh, yeah, my name is Pablo. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> as I am, so child of God. Perfect. Pablo, where's home base for you? Where are you broadcasting from? I'm in... Uh, well, San Diego County, Vista, California, to be exact. Nice. I'm way on the East Coast. You're on the West Coast. Christian's like in the middle, like in Kentucky somewhere. That's not necessarily the middle, but get closer, closer to the middle. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we've got our first guests here uh, viewing this. So hello, everyone. Nice to have you here. So we're trying to figure all this new stuff out. So sorry for any kinks along the way. We're going to get it done. We're going to get it done right because we have a very important topic to talk about today. And that is, of course, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Guys, uh, this is probably going to be the main focus of our conversation the entire episode. And if we do uh, eventually run out of ideas, I have something else to bring up. But for now, <laughs> what are our initial thoughts? Pablo, go first, buddy. Oh, man. What can I not say about this movie? Um, actually took the half of the family to go see it. My wife and my daughter went to see it. We, I had great expectations. I think it's uh, it's a beautiful, well-made movie in, in a way that um, you can tell there was some big money put in behind it. Mm. The, the animation style, uh, it transport you from one universe to the other, and you can tell you're in a different universe. You know, um, by the uh, artwork and then the artwork means something related to the culture of where they're at and how they were transported. So it was an immersive movie where you're like, oh, I missed that. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait, wait. What was that? Um, so it was a lot of, you know, neck back and forth. <laughs> but amazing movie, man. I was I was so happy that it, it was given the right honor that it, that it deserved. You know, we needed we needed something different. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. superhero movies are cookie cutters now. You know, and yes. this one, man, it was crazy. It was good. Yeah, this is one of those blink it and you'll miss it kind of movies. And uh, definitely <laughs> something made to watch again. And that's always good with a movie. Well, yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. It, it was, man, it checked all the boxes for me. I loved the plot. I love the art. I love what they did with the multiverse. I love the characters. I mean, it, it had it, for me, it had it all. I know in the middle towards or, or maybe the third act about like the 12th time they're flying through the city and there's so many things flying past me. I got a little... Um, uh, disorienting. I was like, oh, wow, we're going to do this again. The fight scenes were really fast and quick and try not to get dizzy. But but all in all, like the entire movie was so good. And and it was like you said, you blink, you miss it. That my wife, I took my wife to see it. And and she was, you know, we went to a movie theater where you can order like a meal and then they bring it to you and then you can eat it while you're watching the movie. And uh, there's a time when she was bending down, like fixing her salad, putting the dress on. And I was like, no, this is important. Why are you looking at your salad? You need to look at the screen. And she only looked down for like 10 seconds where I'm like, I think you just missed something. Like, please pay attention. I was trying not to like, uh, like geek, uh, Back geek leader. Yeah. Like that thing. of like, Hey, you need to do, you need to pay attention. No, it's like just experience the movie, but, but all in all, we'll get into the, like the plot and those kinds of things. But in terms of like, Paolo, you're right. Like noticing the details of the kind of art that they use for particular scenes and the particular characters to have in their own person, the art had its own personality in itself. And, um, it, it, it was just it was just wonderful. And and then the characters I really enjoy and care about. And I think that some of the movies and superhero movies that just kind of have their formula and throw out, you know, we're just going to do a superhero movie and have some action and good CGI. It's like, well, if I don't care about the characters, then then I'm not going to be invested in it. But but I care about the characters from the last movie. But this carried on it just from the get go. I was like, I really care about what happens to them and their families. And so I was locked in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That You guys brought up the art and everything like they did that in the first movie to an extent, you know, with noir having, you know, more of a black and white kind of, you know, noir feel. And then you have Penny Parker having more of an anime inspired design. But like they went, that balls to the wall with this one. 
with yeah. you know like uh hobie's appearance you've got uh <laughs> spider-man india uh like all the way that they played with how these different universes what they would look like design wise Ben, oh, Riley. ben Riley. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Our poor little edge lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, what do you guys want to focus on? There's a lot to talk about in this movie. Like, let's just have at it. Man, where do we start? Where do we start? Thank um, you. Yeah. Well, for me, one one of the things that captivated me was um the the, the plot of the story has the connotation of someone ha- you know, Spider-Man loses someone in every face and does that push spider-man and i was trying to reflect on on the biblical side of that right uh we all lose somebody uh, at some point and so what does that death means to us and how god uses it and i think um that was a central fo- focal point of you know him being an anomaly that uh wasn't supposed to happen yet he has to lose somebody mm-hmm. so that, that's right I, I i i was trying to focus um because it's going to get resolved on the, on beyond the spider verse. Um, but there was that question where Miguel O'Hara was concentrated on like, Hey, this guy's an anomaly. We have to keep him away. The more he touches universes, the worse it gets yet. Why does he have to lose his father? Like it, it just, so that that's what I was enjoying. Cause that's what's going to be the premise for the third movie, which they ended it beautifully. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I there was a lot, the room was divided, like, oh man, it, you know, like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. I think the way they ended it, it, you know, it's not like there was no uh, extra scenes at the end. It was just like, hey, he's returning on this movie. But um, yeah, I, I think talking about that premise, you know, can help us also understand, you know, when we lose somebody, what stance are we going to take on? You know, it can either completely destroy us or fortify us. You know, how can we, um, how is Spider-Man using that death? Because we saw them all. It was amazing how to see all the generations of Spider-Man that had that lost somebody and, and how they shaped them to be the superhero, the one who is risking all of it to save, you know, so it was one death over millions of deaths, right? Yeah. Um, so I, that's, that's the point that I, that I meant. I, it got me. I was trying to think about it and I still pondering about it. Oh, yeah, we should also the- mention that we're talking huge spoilers, by the way. So yeah. if you have not seen the movie, like <laughs> I, I can't do a not spoiler cast about this episode. We got to talk about everything. So we'll yeah. go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I think I don't know. Has has the phrase canon event ever been used in other spaces? Like I'm uh, trying to remember. I mean, we definitely talk about canon, but canon event. in the As moment. far as Marvel is concerned, not that I'm aware I mean, you've got your like your Doctor Who kind of sense of a fixed point in time. And uh, uh, there was something mentioned. Uh, where was it? Uh, was it Loki where they had like you know, they had a sacred timeline, which obviously was yeah. just there for Kang's benefit. But like there was another phrase they used. I can't get off the top of my head. Yeah, I just I loved how they used the canon event because we use, you know, in, in Christian circles, the canon of Scripture. And as Star Wars fans, we hear a story. Is that canon or not? Is that character canon? Is this video game canon? Is this comic book canon? You know, the main canon is the main movies, you know, comic books for Spider-Man. What is canon? What is it? What's a what if story? What counts? What doesn't? And so to, to link the webs of the multiverse together by canon events, that that's the common thread for every single version of Spider-Man or Peter Parker, I thought was absolutely brilliant. And so, yeah, and and I think that's where the tension's on the line of this web is that you have uh, Miles, who's like, you know, what a, we're here to save people, we're heroes. And then Miguel is like, kind of like, no, we need to allow these canon events to happen so you don't destroy the whole web. And and so that tension there, what is canon, what's not, are we there to save people or not, I think was, was just brilliant. And so that that whole thread because the multiverse can get complicated it can get super <laughs> convoluted even my wife was halfway through was like not just because she was eating her salad but was, she follows these movies pretty <laughs> pretty good but she didn't read the comics and she was like yeah this this movie is getting to be too much i don't i don't know what's going on she follows she's super smart she follows everyone really well but but i i get it like it could get really complicated fast but i have those canon events that link everybody together um and and bring them together i think is pretty important and then for us geeks to talk about what is canon what is not what links i think i think is important too and and Pablo, as you said like those sacrifice moments what is you know, we're one bad day away from being a hero or a villain. How do we respond to that grief? How do we respond to that event? Are we going to, are we going to take, are we going to break bad and, and like 
Prowler at the end of the movie, you know, because his dad died and didn't get bit? Or are hmm. we going to be a Spider-Man who says with great power comes great responsibility and, and do all you can to care for people? So I think all those characters that were just flooded in to this um, story, uh, you cared for all of them because they had a Peter Parker story where they lost somebody and you know they're wrestling with grief and whether to do the right thing and what to do with their power and how to be responsible with it. So I think all those things wrapped up, which and plus was just the super action, the music and the playlists. Uh, it was just, it was just excellent. <laughs> well, that brings up a good point though, is Miles is trying to defy this supposed fate in the movie to, you know, save his dad. And, you know, he's already lost his uncle figure. Like, you know, Peter lost uncle Ben. Uh, but like, is it, does it have to be a canon event or is Miguel enforcing his own ideas on everyone else? Because there's a, a huge commonality between a lot of them. So naturally one would assume, Oh, well, if it happened to me, it has to happen to you. If it's happened to all these people, but is that true? Now I think that's one of the things they're going to explore in the next film. Yeah, and I'll say I it caught me off guard that it was to, to be continued. I thought it was going to be self-contained, and I, I mean, I didn't. I try to stay away from spoilers on the internet, so I didn't dive, dive too deep, deep deep into it. So I was surprised at the end. It was getting pretty long. I'm like, man, how are they going to resolve this in like ten minutes? And um, and but when they put the comic books on each page to kind of let you know what volume they're in with the cliffhangers, and to know that like the fifth issue of this comic book ended with that to be continued. I was like, it's right in line with the comic books. If you're doing a comic book on the, on the screen, but yeah, our theater that was filled with like little kids to older um, folks, like there was a couple like audible F bombs dropped in the movie. I was like, Whoa, there's kids around, you know, I was like, Hey, but, but it was like, that was the audible response to be continued. They didn't want it to end. They wanted to see what was going to happen. So we have to wait till March of 2024. I immediately got on my phone. I was like, when is the next movie? And they're like, you don't have to wait a whole year. It's less than a year, March, 2024. They'll have the, the next volume, which I think is, um, it's into the Spireverse, across the Spireverse, and the third one's going to be beyond the Spireverse. Probably. It was a Nexus event in Loki. Thank you. That's what they call yeah. them, Nexus events. So Nexus events are within the same timeline, that destroy the same timeline. Canon events, I think, yeah. It gets complicated as you <laughs> as you get through it. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, and I, I think there's a beauty behind it because th there's a paradox that I saw, that I observed, because, you know, in order for Spot to be released, Miles was needed. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So that in itself is a canon event. So him um, going into the web, you know, <laughs> that, that other Earth form that, that they presented where Miguel Hera was the president, um, that needed to happen. So, you know, and yeah. So to me, it's like, man, I, that's where I, I love that they're going to explore this because there's always paradoxes. And a lot of the uh, movies that we see, like you said, like the Star Wars I'm a big fan of, fan of Star Wars. And there's some events that you're like, wow, you went there, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah, you didn't need it to go there. We didn't know, to, you know, it was, it was fine the way it is. Leave some to the imagination. And I think, um, you know, that's how God works, right? God doesn't tell you the whole plan. He's like, all right, cool. Here's these little nuggets. And you can see, and, and based on my character, you know what's going to happen. Um, so we get to live that out. And, and I think this movie's doing that for us is, is allowing us to see what's going to happen. But I, I do believe that the, the, the event of Miles is not an anomaly. It's, it's a canon event that had to happen, yeah. um, including the enemy. But by the way, the enemy was amazing. Yeah. I, I've never seen, I've never been scared of a villain more than I've been scared of Spot, you know, because of the, yeah. of the, um, of the threat. And it's like, how I'm going to destroy everything you know? It's like, wow, like <laughs> not kill, destroy. Like that's, you know, he started out so goofy, you know, yes. and then emerged by the end. He was like uh, like a Stranger Things monster ready to come after and destroy all of reality. So like the, the evolution of this, what they did with this villain from beginning to end was pretty remarkable because the beginning, like he was funny. He was comic relief. He was no problem. You know, Miles Morales has eaten like a hot pocket while fighting him, you know, but by the end it's like, oh, he's going to destroy everything. And I think it also plays around with that kind of multiverse or is it fate or is there freedom? Is there both? You know, is there freedom to choose and alter the timeline? Are the choices that I make written in stone already and I have no choice in the matter whatsoever because it's just plan? Or do I have some free will that I can alt I can make a choice? And, you know, when I moved to Chapel Hill, 
I had a choice to stay in Columbia or move to Chapel Hill. Was it fate that I um, was going to go to Chapel Hill? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or is it like a freedom to take a turn and this is how the history was going to play out and, and that kind of timeline. So I thinking about the multiverse and you know, maybe there is a, a will out there in the multiverse who never grew up by the ocean, grew up in the mountains and grew up a snowboarder uh, instead of a surfer. But then, but there's still some canon events in terms of his family and the choices he makes and whether he's going to go to seminary or not. Those, those things, uh, man, it just opened up that conversation when it comes to like the understanding or even philosophical reflection on the multiverse itself, if it is even there. But um, yeah, those are great questions. And I loved how this silly comic book movie that uh, was like uh, ADHD, like um, um, candy films. As a Josh film, uh, but but still going into those deeper questions of family and friendship. Ah, oh, so good. Well, you bring up canon events in our own life, like uh, no, you go ahead, Pablo. We'll go to my question after yours. No, 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 it's, no, no, no. It's fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, my yeah. question is really silly. Okay. <laughs> now I really want to know, though. Now I want to know. So I have to oh, say, yeah, it. now I do too. um no no i was just looking for the japan spider-man i could not find him oh um with spider-man yeah i don't know if i saw him in the background or not right yeah it might be one of those things they don't have rights to no no it's it i I heard it was going to be in there um it is so well i know like maybe i I feel like the bombastic Bagman is in the movie but they can't have the fantastic four logo on him yeah because you know sony versus you know what marvel has right now so uh, yeah. they may have been able to write around trademarks that way. But yeah, yeah I did not notice Supidamon either. But uh, the, the, the question I was going to ask is, uh, you Will and Pablo, we've all kind of brought up that, those canon events. Like, well, what are those in our own lives? Can you think it doesn't have to be a single moment? It could be a couple. It doesn't have to be the most serious moment ever. But like a moment you can think of, like, if this didn't happen, I'm not where I am right now. Mm. And I can start if everyone needs time to think. Yeah, go for it. Go okay. for it. That's a great question. Uh, I think I've brought it up before. I'm fairly certain. But when I was in middle school, I was big into cryptozoology. And for those who don't know what that is, that's the study of hidden animals. You got your Loch Ness monsters, Nessies, Mothman, so, much, so on and so forth. It just really fascinated me. And my dad took me to in uh, South Carolina to a cryptozoology convention where I met Dr. Lauren Coleman, who was one of my heroes. He's written all these books on cryptozoology. He's gone into the field and re- research stuff. And he said, well, what do you like uh, want to pursue in this area? Because he saw that I had like that. I wanted to do more. And I said, well, I've always liked lake monsters and sea serpents more out of all the stuff, you know, cryptozoology. Says, well, maybe you should become a marine biologist. Mm. I was like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah, I can do that. So as time went on, I applied to go to UNC Wilmington, not only because they had a marine biology program, but they also had a really good creative writing program because later on I discovered my love of writing. But I never would have looked at Wilmington without that moment in time, which is where I met Joshua, which is how we became friends, which is why he invited me on here eventually all these years later. So without that happening, I'm not here right now. Yeah, that's good. Is there a version of Christian that maybe um, went to a different university of creative writing, but still became a writer and, 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 or a different seminary because you're trying to forget that. I mean, that's, there's another one too. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I've shared this on the show too before is that I felt the call to go to seminary when I was in high school. What if I had said yes then instead of 16 years later? Mm. Yeah. <sighs> I love I love the what if questions and alternate timelines. <laughs> I do. So how about you two? Pablo, go for it. I'm still thinking. <laughs> I got too many. I just don't know how deep you yeah. want to get into how much time you got. Um, go for it, man. <laughs> I mean, there's the moment of, of wrong choices and good choices that I have. I made some wrong choices that landed me in incarceration. And then in there, God showed me his love. And you know. Uh, I could have said no. I said no for 30 something years. And that day I was like, left no options. So I think that that was my spider bite moment <laughs> mm. where, man, he dug deep. You know, he he definitely moves things. That was my first candidate event because there was a road where I could make a choice to just say, hey, you're not real. You don't you don't exist. And then I fully committed. You're real. You exist. Nothing's going to prove otherwise. Um 
you know, I was an atheist, agnostic. I had all the, yeah, everything. I knew everything about, you know. Uh, and then there's the event where I realize mentorship is vital in the life of a Christian brother and a Christian sister, of course. Um, and so I made a choice in that moment to be held accountable and 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 to be told. I, I gave permission to call me out wherever I was, whenever I was. I gave I relinquished um, my cell phone to friends and family. Um, that was a canon event there because I couldn't, you know, it's easy to hide behind that screen. And those were moments, again, that was another, like my next, my Mark II suit of a Christian, you know, like saying, okay, um, I'm willing. And it was tough, man, being held accountable and, and, and people can be, it can be hard on you, but they do it because they love you. Um, and then the last canon event that I had in my life was deciding to do the same thing for others and stepping up forward and, and saying, I'm going to take you under my wing. I'm going to be responsible for you because it's easier to call somebody out. You can say, Hey, you're doing wrong, whatever, but it, you have to do life with them. You have to spend time. It's training. You know, I love when Peter Parker came to the defense of Miles Morales, you know, uh, sort of he did, but he's also telling him, Hey, you got to pay the consequences. You're like, you messed up here. Like you shouldn't have been here, but yeah, hey, come on. Don't be too hard on him. You know, he was like, like Paul to Onesimus, you know, like, <laughs> here's a letter of recommendation. Dude, I trained this guy. He's good. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> those were canon events in my life where, you know, thanks to those moments um, to make that right choice, man, my marriage got better. My relationship with my kids got better. I was, a, uh, I was able to be a better friend, a trustworthy friend. Uh, you can be a friend anytime, but I think a trustworthy, godly, um, accountable friend. Yeah, those are my three moments. I mean, from there I can expand, but yeah, I had those three events, uh, three, three Mark, and I still have more Mark four, five, six suits that got suiting up, you know, <laughs> you know, he's always, you need this other technology in there, you know, now you need infrared and now you can shoot rays through your hands. So it's, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Spider-Man had his iron, iron suit too. Like, you know, there, there's, yeah. there's some crossover. There's some crossover there. Yeah. I think yeah. I, there, I love this reflection on like, what's the spider bite? And then what's the sacrifice or the moment of loss and grief that then pushes you to go deeper and reflect on what your superpowers or gifts really are. Right. Mm. And so I, I like, I like that reflection. So I think, you know, I think of will and canon moments, like regardless whether my setting is uh, at the beach or in the mountains or, you know, on the farm or something like that. Um, there's, there's probably will moments, canon moments where, there were events like later of high school, early college, whether it was a heartbreak or some medical issues that pushed me to reflect deeper on life and faith and what I really wanted out of it and whether to take it seriously or not. And then and then that and then the formation of friends and community together, whether it's at a church camp or whether with buddies in campus ministry or lifelong friends that you kind of bond together and feed off each other and iron sharpens iron. And then what's next? So I think those canon events, regardless of my setting, India, Brooklyn, um, you know, or the beach or the mountains or, or the Piedmont of, of North Carolina, there's these events that, that draw you to think deeper and reflect deeper, whether take your faith or life seriously. And then it's those grief moments, um, sacrifice or loss of, of a loved one that says, what is this about? And what am I going to do about this for, for others? And so that draws you to use hopefully your gifts in, and stewardship of gifts and your power with responsibility and, and on a whole different level. So I think of those events. I can pinpoint some times in my life where that that played out and that hopefully will always play out regardless. And of course, there's a can of events like, yeah, I want to meet my wife, my kids. I, I would hope that. But but who knows? Maybe there's other multiple timelines where we'll didn't meet so and so and met someone else and had a different kind of family. Um who, who knows what, what that looks like, but, but I'm, what's the common thread that makes a will will and the choices he makes, I think is, uh, it's pretty important. So man, good questions. Ah, oh, yeah. so good. But uh, going on that whole idea of having canon events, well, who says that's true? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, who makes Miguel more qualified than anyone else? Now, surely he went through an event where he really screwed things up immensely. And yeah. there's a lot of trauma coming from that. But I think that's a very human and prideful way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. uh, since we don't see time the way that God does, and we just assume like, oh, well, this happened, therefore 
it must happen also to other people or it would have happened to me regardless of the situation. Or if I'd done, maybe if I'd done this, things would have been different. And I think ultimately part of that may be some of us going, well, if I had done this differently, I would be better. And, you know, I'm in ultimate control of my life anyways. And it's like, no, not quite how that works. Um, I could tell how many times I've been brought to the point of brokenness because I'm a very stubborn, idiot, egotistical kind of person who needs to be backed into a corner before I say, okay, you're right, God. And I think that's part of what's happening to Miguel. Now, I can't say that for sure, but I think sometimes we look at canon events in the sense of trying to give a name to something Hmm. and kind of messes with it. Go ahead, Will. No, I just I wonder if there is somebody behind Miguel. Like, is he is he the one who's controlling that, or is there like a Madam Web that's behind it all that will be revealed the next movie? There's someone behind all that the canon events or dictates. He's just kind of like the sheriff deputy, um, kind of in charge of of doing this kind of thing. I'm I'm curious if there is something behind him, or if he'll be converted, or or if he'll just kind of perish, holding on to his ideology. Um, uh, I'm curious because there's that rebellion going on, but even even uh, Jess Drew was kind of like, all right, uh, watching and seeing um, Gwen Stacy um, be like, all right, I kind of see where you're going, where your heart's leading, and maybe that's a better choice and better path than, than what Miguel's been doing the whole time. So it's interesting her switching teams there at the end or come rallying around to, to go a different directions. If Who's behind it all? Who's to, if there's like something set in stone or if there's a different way of looking at it that hopefully they'll say, I mean, I trust the people who write this. I mean, man, in terms of how they handle these comic book characters and how they understand comics and art and storytelling, I trust they'll make a good choice in the next one. Um, but but we'll see. We'll see how that how that plays off. If there's any a bigger, bigger baddie behind it all. Oh, uh, yeah. But that also kind of gets me on the idea of we're wildly off my notes, but that's OK. Uh, you get that concept in time travel fiction and multiverse fiction of you know fixed points in time like i said earlier with dr who or canon events for spider-man in this sense of like jfk has to die or hitler cannot be killed he has to rise to power like like what what do we think about in if such a multiverse exists do those things have to happen or what's the point of a multiverse if things don't happen differently yeah Hmm. It's a very wide question. It could have been its own episode. Yeah, it really could. But I'd love that trope. I'd love it. Like, I mean, there's some people get frustrated with it, but I mean, I love the the mental gymnastics and exercises of, of thinking of what ifs and timelines and should it or should not. Like, I, I, I love that stuff. So those of you in at home, chime in in the chat. What do you think? Let us know what you think. Do you have a question? What, what's your hot take? Um, but but yeah, I don't know. I'm. I guess I'm. You know, there may be a time in my life when I thought that some things have to happen. Yep, yep. I'm a little bit more like it has to be this, that, that, a little more more black and white. I guess as I get older or whatever, I don't know if I just don't have enough energy or if I don't care as much. But I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm open to <laughs> possibilities. I'm like, let's, let's, yeah, does it have to be that way? Maybe, maybe not. Let's go down a different timeline see, and explore. I'm more curious about what, what goes down a different different web to a different place. But, but yeah, I would hope that there, that uh, Hitler's not a canon event that he has to rise to power that, that I hope there's a timeline where the Holocaust doesn't happen. You know, that we, 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 we um, kind of nip that in the bud real fast, um, hopefully in another version, but, but yeah, maybe there's other things like that too. It's the whole thing with predestination. That's, that's an argument within itself. It divides and it conquers, you know, and, and it, just it's it's uh some people can be on one side other people can be on the other side of you know god knows it all so if he knows it all he knows everything's gonna happen so there is a plan that is unraveling and certain things need to happen and there's also the idea of uh, free will he loves us so much he loves us give his free will so it it is a, a tough question but we we are asked to speak of those things and to debate those things for the progress of edification of one another you know, so that we're better equipped and not ill-equipped. So pondering those questions isn't the wrong thing. Is forcing our opinion on, on one another is the wrong yeah. thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, because that's what Miguel Harris is doing. Um, he's suffering from grief, and this is the way he's uh, grieving, you know. Um, you saw that his earth was consumed by this event that uh, he decided to be in but we don't know see it seemed kind of rare the way it happened because it's never been explained that's how it happens 
usually the person starts to perish, as we saw in the first movie, when they were from another timeline and they didn't have the, the balance, just like uh, also in Marvel. They use the bracelets to keep the GPS, what they call the uh, DNA GPS or something like that, to keep them from aging. You know, that was one of the funniest things I've seen on, on one of the movies is when Bring Ant-Man is different, then he smells like someone urinated on a suit. I thought that was hilarious. But anyways, that's just me. Because he's like, was it old me? Or was it <laughs> was it younger me? Or was it baby me? Or was it older me? Both yeah. of them could have happened, you know, uh, or could have happened at the same time, which uh, we'll get into another discussion about that. the urinated suit. Uh, good episode. Hey, save it. It's all yours. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of the things that even, you know, it's hard not to post our feelings and our experiences and automatically deduct. Like if I see you, I could say, hey, you're thirsty. And be like, I'm not thirsty. I'm fine. <laughs> but I see you as thirsty. So you should be thirsty because that's the way I look that I'm thirsty. So whether that's a fixed point in life or a fixed, it's just so, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good topic because instead of us forcing the other person to respond to us, if we can sit there and analyze the situation, get to know the person, we can figure out, oh, okay, this guy's leaning, you know, this guy needs some help. Um, I don't know how Miguel O'Hara can explain him being there, destroy the entire universe or what it like. I don't know how much it was destroyed. Right. It's uh, and then he's a vampire. It, there's so much to it, you know, that, that he is strong that you're like, there's more, which is so, so amazing because they left so much to the story, you know, that they, they we're wondering how this is going to evolve. And it's the same thing in our lives. You know, we're we're a mystery within itself that's unraveling in different ways so when we look at somebody we automatically deduct oh yeah this is what they have and the person's like no not really because yeah. i had that you probably had that experience where someone tells you you okay and you're like yeah i'm doing amazing so why do you look like that i'm like i don't know that's the way i look what can i do <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, but, you know, well, did, you did know? either of you read the 2099 comic at all yes. i I, I don't I don't know if some of the backstory there of, of him actually being a vampire or not. No. But um that, that's more like an artistic choice. Okay. From what I can tell, he's not a vampire in the comics, uh, unless they're doing something completely different for the movie, which would be interesting. Or but, like spider, you know, they all they're all spiders. So yeah, it's like a spider like, with fangs or something like that. Yeah, with yeah. Fangs, his like mutations affected him differently than everyone else because it was a different type of uh spider that yeah. kind of bit him. So he's got, you know. You can get those claws. He's got the, the talons and uh, he's a little more different than them. It's one way to kind of differentiate him that Peter David did when he created him, like to make him like he wanted to make Spider-Man, but he wanted to make someone who wasn't Peter Parker. Yeah. And Miguel is I, very I'm, obviously not him. I'm definitely going to go back and, and read it. I mean, that, they, they've lured me into that. Like that was kind of the gap of when I was collecting comics when, when they were coming out, I guess, in the in the 90s. I, I wasn't collecting then, um, but I definitely want to go back and read. Now I'm, I'm curious about that particular character. And I missed the whole clone saga, too, with Ben Rylis. But I, I know in the, saga, off. the comic book, yeah, now I'm better off. But the fact that they kind of made him kind of a tool and, and like <laughs> perfect pose and, oh, the memory. Like he was just such good comic relief quick question from you guys like in terms of other than miles morales is, is there a, or, or gwen stacy because they're both like the main characters there is there a character revolving around this particular movie that stood out for you that's that's your favorite that you're like ah i really loved love that character i'll tell you the one that made me laugh first and i'll get my actual answer in a bit mm -hmm. but when we get to lego spider-man Yes. And that scene where Miguel says, you're one of my best operatives or something. I lost my ability to not laugh. It's like, yeah. there is no way they made that a line in this movie that Lego Spider-Man was one of the best operatives that Miguel yeah. has. Yeah. <laughs> that was the um, best. That was so um, good. And I guess how they got their, the rights to Lego. I mean, it looked like something right out of like a Lego movie. Yeah. Um, and it, it was brilliant. My actual answer would actually be Spider-Man Indian. I'm not going to say his name out of respect because I will butcher the heck out of it. But um, I, I had read that comic before. I didn't really feel attached to him. But what they did with him in this movie to make him like, oh, he's very aware of his surroundings. He gets, you know, Gwen and Miles have a thing for each other within like five seconds of meeting them. Uh, he's got he's got the quips. He hasn't had that real tragedy to a great extent outside of his Uncle Ben figure. Mm -hmm. So he's like a very early Spider-Man of like, okay, figuring things out. I'm cocky. But then later on, if we are establishing canon events, it's probably going to get a little, not darker, but more mature 
like what Peter's gone through miles, so on and so forth. So I really appreciated what they did with Spider-Man India. Nice. Pablo, what you got? I, I think that for me, one of the coolest character was Spider-Man's baby. I was up there. I was like, I yeah, love that, was, that was, uh, yeah. It, you know, there's this part where I, I think they're suiting up and she puts down her little beanie. Yeah. Um, there's that moment of a proud father and daughter when you're like, all right, honey, we got to get this done together. There's no way out. You know, you got to suit up, uh, man. That's my daughter. You know, if I say, hey, honey, we got to get this done. She's like, all right, dad, <laughs> let's suit yeah. up. Uh, I think that was one of the cutest characters. No words, just twice she shined, man. She pointed out the window and she's like, hey, look out, dad. <laughs> Someone's there. Like she was sense. She had her spider sense, you know. Um, and then that part where she puts her hoodie, man, that, that was, that was so, so cool, so cool. And then she pooped in a movie that was hilarious you know <laughs> one of my best scenes is when he's like all right she pooped her pants uh you know i gotta go guys that's me you know I, like always like all right guys my family needs me you guys have a great day i'm i'm gone <laughs> you know someone <laughs> pooped the pants of my family i gotta go uh, yeah. i respect I, I had a respect for that because you know um nowadays you know fathers are illustrated as these lazy guys they're not want to take care of their kids mm -hmm. and here's here's spider-man taking his daughter to work I take my daughter to the ministry with me, you know? Um, so I was, that, that's why, that's why that part was really cool with me. I, when I saw it, I grabbed my daughter and I gave her a hug. I'm like, I love you, honey. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it had like the, like the Incredibles feel, you know, kind of like mm. the Incredibles and, and baby Jack, you know, like the, the whole thing of like the cute baby it wasn't just cute, cute sake, but it was powerful. Like I was never thought that like this baby's in danger because it has like spider powers and flying and, and going around. And, and what I, one of my favorite characters is, is spider punk. Like he, he was so funny, but good and cool. And like, but also his little comments, like, I don't believe in comedy or like looking at the baby and going such a nonconform, such, she's such an arnack. Um, Anarchist. I'm, oh, I admire her, this baby who's doing what she was. <laughs> like, he was looking up to Mayday. Is like, yeah, yeah, that's what it, I, I loved his style and what he was doing and all that stuff. Um, and then Jess Drew, like, I, when she rolled into the, literally rolled into the scene on the motorcycle and the powers and her talking, it's while pregnant. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this, and how they handled her strength, but also motherhood and mentorship and a part of the team. Uh, so well done. It was so, so good. Wait, uh, speaking of her, do you know what they're pseudo basing her off of outside of regular Jessica Drew, who obviously would be Caucasian in another reality, but this one is African-American. I think it's the same. Like Jessica Drew, I definitely in the comics, um, as no, of recent, had was pregnant and had a baby. Um, yes. And but so, no, do you know who she's based off of? No. That happened before Jessica Drew. When the Electric Company oh. had crossovers with Spider Man in the 70s, mm -hmm. I don't remember her name for the life of me, but one of the cast members was African American and she became Spider Woman. So, this is pseudo based off of that. I was okay. like, that is such a pull. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing every version of Spider-Man and you got electric company like stuff going on. I, I remember that as a kid. Heck yeah. Uh, the voice for Lego Spider-Man was Nick Novicki, who's a, um, a little person who is a comedian. Uh, and so he has a good stand up and he's been some other comedy crossover podcasts I've heard on. So it's great to hear him be like the voice of, of Lego Spider-Man, <laughs> that whole scene, even if it was just like 30 seconds. Uh, it's brilliant. Brilliant. So we mentioned him earlier, but the spot, how did we all feel about how he was portrayed? Like how he introduced to him? Like me, I was introduced to him in the nineties cartoon mm -hmm. where he's kind of more like an anti-villain kind of sense. And he kind of redeems himself in the end. I've, I've read, I've sorry, read the comics before where he first is introduced and later comic events, but man, did they boost him up for this film? And I love it because it's like that yeah. when you actually think about a hero's powers, or a villain's powers and what they could do with them under a competent writer. This is where we get. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I loved it. Like I loved his uh, evolution of being a goofball and a joke and not really worried about to the end being the one that like is going to tear everything down. And that, you know, that, that his canon event is, is Spider-Man creating him. So like, Oh yeah, you, the spider created you. Well, you created me. It's like, what? So our, our choices and what we do 
affect others, even if we don't know about it, you know, that, mm. that even if we're not aware of some of the choices we make to other people, me even just going to the grocery store and making choices where I park is going to affect other people, you know, and so whether I'm aware of it or not. So um, um, that that whole storyline was great. And I thought it was great. Again, Jason Schwartzman, who's been in a bunch of movies and, and things is the voice of spy. I was like, I recognize that voice. I recognize that voice. <laughs> and, and yeah, and nailed it. It was, it was fantastic. Pablo. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I used to have this toy. No, no one had his toy. You know, <laughs> Marvel never spent any money on that character. I think it was just on a couple comic books. I feel like someone dropped an eraser and are like, oh, well, that's that's him. Spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the insignificance of the significance, you know, it's 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 crazy. Like you said, uh, clear choices make clear answers. And, and the way he shaped it, like you can almost go back and be like, all right, Miles, take this one serious. You know, it's like not everything's a joke. You know, you have this responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and due to that, that jokeful way that he took things, you know, it, it caused him to get angry and angry and seek to be more powerful, to be, to be noticed. And unfortunately we create a lot of supervillains that way in, in the real world, you know, yeah. um, and others are just born that way, which is hard to explain as well. You know, we can go back to Hitler, like, yeah, we don't want another one, but we know how to deal with one, you know, <laughs> like we, we hope to learn that way. And, and some have raised, um, risen up to power. We're like, okay, we got to take this guy down. Um, you know, we know where it's going to lead, but, um, you know, back to back spot, man, it was, it was a goofy character that <laughs> provided the right relief in the beginning. He does mm-hmm. some things that they're just hilarious. Like the bread coming out of his stomach. I think I was the only one laughing. Um, <laughs> I, I just, to me, it had so much meaning. You know, here's a loaf of bread. The guy's just standing there, you know, he's trying to steal a, an ATM and he's such an idiot that even by trying to steal it, he can't steal it. Like, <laughs> you know, he puts it to the ground, it comes out somewhere else, you know, he touches something and he goes somewhere else. So he's completely without mentor, without, you know, he's just doing life, <laughs> you know, walking around, making mistakes. And then he fights Miles Morales and, and you can tell he's not fighting. He's just like trying to fight, but he doesn't fight, you know, he's just... Um, so such a cool pe- character. And then the, the, the consequences of, of that sh- are shown at the end. And you're like, oh, man, you know, this guy's, you mm-hmm. know, scary. Like I said earlier, his best line was like, I'm going to destroy everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's way worse than telling somebody I'm going to kill everybody, you know, because mm-hmm. that means he's going to hurt people really bad to a point that's going to bring them to their knees. Um, and, and that mean, that could mean everybody. So while he's saving somebody. You know, he's attacking somebody and while he's attacking somebody, you know, he could be all these things. So such a cool character, man. I, 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 I'm, I'm waiting for the day they give him justice and they make a good action figure so I can purchase nice. it. Nice. Yeah, really <laughs> nice. Cool. I literally figure. had a hole that you could put your finger through and it comes out like somewhere else or something like they make it. Really yeah, no, that would, that, that would be the day, <laughs> right? Technology. <laughs> but, you know, even, right. even I think. He, yeah, he, he had a learning curve too, right? He started out kind of goofy, but he learned along the way, just like Spider-Man always has a learning curve of trying to figure out his powers and how they work and getting better. He he had a learning curve too. And you're right, probably like he even says, I didn't think about it until you said it now, like he even says in that little supermarket, Zip Mart, like gas station, he's like, why do you always have to have the joke? Why are you always joking? Like, I'm just trying to like survive here. I needed to eat. I need some money. Like I, you ruined my life and I'm just trying to survive. And you're, you're coming at me with jokes. And so, um, yeah, yeah, maybe, I mean, I, that's my default. I'm always joking around to cover up for things. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I need to like pump the brakes in my Peter Parker, like banter in, in real life. But yeah, that, that's a bit of a deconstruction of Spider-Man's MO is that he's always wisecracking. He's always trying to trip villains up, you know, to make them mad, to make them make mistakes. And you, sometimes, I mean, as someone who's also very sarcastic, someone who loves to make a good joke, I have had to learn over time that I can't always do that around people mm-hmm. because some people are more sensitive than others. Yeah. Amen. But, yeah. Mm. And that's not their fault. Right. That they don't think I'm funny. Or they didn't understand the joke. That's not their fault. <laughs> I need to write that down. It's not their fault that they don't think I'm funny. I just need to see my balls. I don't know. That's a good confession. Like, oh, I need to say that every morning when I wake up. Will today <laughs> not their fault if they don't think you're funny? Oh, so good. I, I, I think of my siblings. 
Yeah, like, Gwen Stacy did the same with like she was quipping at like the uh, mm. 16th century vulture, you know, yes. or something. Um, she was doing the same. She brand her banter is good. Her character, she's right in line in continuity with Peter Parker and banter and cool cool factor and and quipping back and forth. But he was frustrated with that too. Like, why are you joking? And he was like, Yep, 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 it's there. Mm. Yeah. Whenever this comes up, I always think of my siblings because my brother and my sister. They're like me in that, you know, we're always making fun of each other. Uh, you know, one will say one thing, one will try to one up the other and it just keeps going. And like, for the most part, no one's feelings get hurt. But my other sister, she's not as quick witted when it comes to that. And she's more sensitive in some regards. So if I make a joke and sometimes she'll have a comeback, but then I'll have one right immediately right after and she won't have enough time to think of something and she'll get upset. And I've had to learn that if I have to, if I want to love her, I can't treat her the same way that I do other people. And I think that's one thing that Miles is trying to learn here in this film is that, yeah, we love when Spider-Man quips. I mean, whether Peter, Miles, Gwen, who have you, but there's another person on the side of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, on the episode that we were doing previously with, you know, we have some technical difficulties. I had brought in um, the uh, uh, Romans 14, 15. Uh, mm-hmm. which speaks of the, the biggest division back then was and still is vegans and meat eaters <laughs> and and the application is that that i was getting from that is god says hey if you're gonna sit sit with a with a vegan that's okay don't eat meat like it's okay you don't have to eat meat you also don't have to eat vegetables you know <laughs> you can sit there and just have a meal with them and and, and let them have their opportunity you know mm-hmm. let the, the the strong brother receive the weaker brother and then sometimes we think we're the strong brother and it happens to be that the other side is the strong brother and we're the weak brother. Mm. So I, I, I love this because, you know, even with, with entertainment, you know, there, there's a big section of the Christian community. There's like, why are you watching that movie? You know, <laughs> or why, why are you being entertained with that? You shouldn't, you know, you should only watch Angel Studios. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's okay. Like, you know, I um, see, I don't watch horror movies. But I don't offend people that do. You know, I'm like, okay, that's the way you entertain as long as it doesn't hinder your walk. It's fine. But I'm not going to sit there and watch one with you. But, you know, cool. And um, th- this is one of those moments where we have to, you know, tell our audience, hey, you can be entertained. But if it hinders your walk, you shouldn't, you know. Um, yeah. If it causes you to sin, then don't. If it causes you to walk away from God, don't. Don't consume it. Um, but there are things that, I, you know, we, we don't agree all the time, especially with comedy. Like, I'm also... A big guy that, I, that that loves comedy, and I'm like always trying to throw in a joke, and you know. But there's people they just won't take it. You know, they get offended quite easily. You know, mm-hmm. we had um like this weekend. We I was talking to one of my good friends. Uh, I was gonna lead into communion, and my friend was whining about it. And I said, "Perfect, you should pray for the wine." And then uh, I went to the kitchen. I got some cheese. I sliced it and I gave it to him. And he's like, "What do you mean? What's this cheese for?" I'm like, "For all the wine you're doing." You know, <laughs> so it's perfect for you. So he's he cracked up like he was like so loud but the person who was next to him was like that's so offensive i'm like to who to him or to me because i thought it was hilarious it's just like no to me i'm like well then i'm so sorry you know like i apologize give me back the cheese <laughs> but you know it's just i maybe i shouldn't have thrown that joke in front of people but it was just you know it was funny at that moment and he laughed but the other person was not too fond of my slicing of the cheese and telling him he was whining too much and then pray for the wine. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's just a thin line and, and you know, we just have to have grace and mercy for one another. You know, God gives it to us. So even on the other side, you know, we should all try to carry a little bit in our pocket. I always tell my friends, put grace on your left pocket and put mercy on your right pocket and then just go out and sprinkle it everywhere you go. You know, mm-hmm. we all need it. Nice. Yeah. Well, I know you have to leave in a little bit, so I'll give you some time. Like anything else you want to talk about real quick? Well, you have to head out. No, no. I, I think um, just all in all, the the movie itself is is pretty remarkable, and what they've done with it, and the storytelling, and the style. I mean, even you know, before this movie, I saw the trailer to the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon movie that's coming out this summer, and it looked slightly like the art from. Uh, this across the spider verse like and i was like ah oh, i like that trend I like i like computer generated art and kind of like do clone wars and that kind of stuff but man if you can go back to like an art style where i see like a comic book come to life on the big screen i'm i'm there for it and and the plot itself um 
was good too. It wasn't just great art. I, I loved the way it flowed. Uh, there are parts that were really, really busy. And uh, I was like, Oh boy, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a little seasick here if they keep doing this for another 30 minutes. But, um, all in all, I cared about the characters. It led me down the road and, and I can't wait to see, see what happens next. Um, didn't know if, are you guys going to keep going here for a little bit, even if I pop uh, off? Uh, Bobby, do you have time to stay? If not, we can end right here. Uh, you're muted. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got about another five minutes or so, but uh, okay. we can edit anytime you want it. Okay. Yeah. I can I can do five minutes. I didn't know if you want to do recommendations or ratings and that kind of stuff too, Christian. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead. Let's rate the movie. The movie. Okay. I'll give it, since the story is not completed yet, there's still a chance they can screw it up. So I will say a nine five. Oh, okay. Because I'm very positive about this movie. I like it a lot better than the first one. And I mm. like the first one a lot. Nice. I, I, I'll give it a nine. According to some Reddit threads, they they have the plot already written out. And there's some really good writers. Um, now, we have some sort of a strike going on. So I don't know mm. if, if there's some issues with that. But I, I think it's a good movie. I mean, nine and a half gold. You know, even if we spoil it a little bit for you guys, I think it's still a good movie to go watch. It has amazing replay value. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that when it gets to home, you're like, okay, pause, 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 pause. You know, so yeah, to me, it's a, it's a good solid nine. Yeah, we didn't even talk about everything at that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's definitely rewatchable in terms of seeing the little Easter eggs and the Spider-Man and the who's in it, who's not, and the the movement and the coloring and and all that stuff. I, yeah, I I, I give it a strong nine. Uh, I think I probably would have done it a little higher, but Christian like kind of shared with me there's still more to be told. <laughs> but just on this, like I hope I hope it doesn't dive bond after this or ruin it. But no, I, I a strong nine. Um the only reason I don't give it a 10 is because there were moments it did feel a little long and then some of the action sequences were way, way too busy for me and I was getting a little seasick. But I I um I all in all like it's 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 one of the my favorite comic book movies that are out there just animated movies in in general. So strong strong nine for me and and then um the the playlist the music was fantastic and um yeah yeah we'll wait i'm hoping that they already have it written and they just need to kind of like i'm wondering yeah how's the strike how's the strike gonna affect this you're right maybe i don't know if they have it already filmed and in the bag they just need to edit it and get ready for for march or if they still have to like write and create it um hopefully they just kept going there for a while so i don't know how does the how does this strike affect this and other things that's that's a big question All right. So what did you guys think of the movie? Let us know below. Contact us. You can join us on Discord as well to talk about the film. Uh, Once again, this will end up on YouTube. So leave a comment, leave a like, help promote this video for us. Help send it out to other people so they can see it. Thank you for doing this. Like I said, this is the first time we're trying something new with our YouTube content, with our What's New content. So let us know how it worked, what you liked, what you didn't like as well. With all that in mind, oh my gosh, I almost forgot our... (laughs) I almost forgot our call-off sign. <laughs> I do every time. I'll make up a new one every time, Christian, because I always forget what I did before. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we are all the chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.